Rabbi by Crone. So we are on um, Yud Beis Amud Beis. We are um, roughly on the third line from the top, right in the middle of the line. It says Ki Asa Rabin Amravi Yochanan. So we um, we were talking about essentially three different scenarios over the last daf and that impact not only the direct person but impacts the co-wife and where the co-wife is either is stated as being not allowed to do yavam or, or continue to marry the person because of something that happens to the individual so issue happens to individual a they have a co-wife B. Co-wife B is prevented from yibum or prevented from marriage with that individual, um, even though it was nothing that they directly did. So there were three cases, essentially, that we talked about. And in all those three cases, it was essentially, there were, there were, were essentially were opinions that said that the, the co-wife is not allowed to get together with the Yavam. So now we're going to cite a differing opinion. Asa Ravin Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Ravin arrived in Bavel. He said the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Acha Saramimayenes. In the case of the the Sara, the co-wife of Abimayenes, this is the case again of you had a girl, um, underage girl. Um, her father is no longer alive, so her brother or her mother is able to marry her off. However, she has the ability to reject the marriage at some point. And when she rejects the marriage at some point, it retroactively goes back as if it never happened. Um, so he says in that case, that's one case. The second case is Sarah Aloness. So you have an Aloness who is a woman who has physical issues and is therefore not able to bear children. And we had learned as well as that there was Xera that the um, wife, that the co-wife of the Aloness is also exempt from um, Yibam, the, the, the actual alienist we, we learned was exempt because because it's known that she's unable to have children. The whole purpose of Yibam is to have children, so therefore she was exempted. So this would apply not only to her, but the co-wife. And finally, the last case is Achas Sarah Machsir Grushaso. So you have a case where a man and a woman get divorced, and um, she has, and, and it's a scenario where he illegally remarries the divorcee. So the scenario typically is that they get divorced, she gets married to someone else, and after that she's illegally not allowed to marry that original husband, but he marries her anyway. Um, in that case as well, we had learned that, that Sarah, the co-wife, was um, exempt or unable to get together with the Yavam. In all these cases, Ravin, Ravin is quoting that Rav Yochanan's position was Kula Mutaros. In all those cases, he would allow the co-wives to get with the album. So again, this is just, we had learned the three cases, and all the three cases that were opinions that, that forbade the co-wife, and we're quoting Rav Yochanan as permitting the co-wife. So now we're going to turn to a different topic that is part of the later part of the Mishnah. Tana Rabibi Kameh Rav Nachman. Rabibi taught in front of Rav Nachman. So there are three women who are allowed to use um, some sort of barrier to um, as a form of contraception. So typically, um, so it's kind of giving them an exemption from the halachas of Pruer Vu, where on the surface, and again, 
speak to your local Orthodox rabbi, but um, typically um, there's there's halachas against using contraception. Um, however, these women are given carte blanche to do this because of specific scenarios, um, and they are katan muberes, a, um, a a katan, someone who's below the age of maturity, muberes, uh, someone a pregnant woman, umenika, umenika, someone who is nursing. So why those three scenarios? Um, why those three scenarios? Do they have the um, allowance to use this form of contraception? Tana, a minor, is able to do this. Shema tisabir v'shema tamas, because she may be pregnant and she may then die, um, because there's a feeling that when underage, if under no, underage woman got pregnant, there was a feeling that she would die. Muberes, someone who is a pregnant woman. Shema tase ubarasandal, that that would make her her uh, fetus in some form disformed. And if you look at Rashi. Um, it says Vlad Shain Latsuras Panin that like the face is really not the, the form. It literally means sandal means a sandal. It means that the face is kind of flat like a sandal. So it basically causes deformity in birth. And Mainika's a woman who's nursing, Shema Tigmal Binaviamos. So maybe her um, she'll be forced to um, she'll be forced to stop nursing as a result. So she has a baby she's nursing. If she gets pregnant, She'll no longer be able to nurse, and therefore, because she's unable to feed the child, God forbid that child will die. And what are we talking about when we say ktana? That was the first exemption. It's a girl that's above the age of 11 years and one day. Until 12 years and one day. So it's from 11 years and one day to 12 years and one day. If it's less than this, or it's more than this, she does the normal thing, and she doesn't have this dispensation about this contraception. disagree, and they say, In both, in all of these cases, They say that there isn't this dispensation, and she has to go carry on normally. And they should, and the woman should just get rachman from Hashem. So Hashem protects the symbol. Um, so we're going to question. We're going to look into this a little more. Now, when we talk about the minor, it says that because she may become pregnant and she may die, Shema maybe she'll die. You may learn that there's a situation where it's not a guarantee that the minor is going to die. There's a possibility that she would die. So it's questioning: Are we saying that automatically that happens, or was the language there implying that? It's a percentage of them will die and a percentage of them won't. If so, we can find a case, this is a unique case, of someone, someone's mother-in-law refusing her husband. So we, we learn the case of Mion, of the, of the minor who is rejecting her husband. And what we're talking about here is that there's a minor who, at the point that she's rejecting her husband, is already a um, mother-in-law, meaning she had a child that got married. Um, hard to believe, but I guess possibly, you know, technically possible. If you look at Note 13, the Arts Girl describes how that would work out. Tonight we learned in the Mishnah, You cannot say about one's mother-in-law or mother-in-law's mother-in-law or father-in-law's mother-in-law that they were found to either be an alienist or they were found to be... Um, Someone who refuses. Right? In either of those cases, it's impossible for someone's mother-in-law or their mother-in-law's mother or their father-in-law to be an alienist because those women 
must have given children, and an alienist can't give a child. And also, they can't have been done me, and they couldn't have refused their husband because only a minor, someone who's below the age, can do that. And we just we just learned above that a minor, um, you know, would would die, you know, theoretically. So Mishnah teaches that it's impossible for a woman who was a mother-in-law to do me on because she must she she can't do me on because she must be too old already to do me on. Our answer is Maybe the words of the myth of the Brisa should be not that she may die. Ella Shema Tisabra may she may become pregnant and die. So that they kind of tie the word may to pregnant. The meaning if the minor does become pregnant, she will certainly die. So it's more um and it and more a question of whether she'll become pregnant. said, a girl has a boundary regarding pregnancy. Before a specific time, before her eleventh birthday, she cannot become pregnant at all. In the time between her eleventh and twelfth birthdays, he Both her and her fetus would die. After this time, after her 12th birthday, he she would live and her, her fetus would live. So even though the minor can become pregnant, she cannot survive this pregnancy and give birth to a child. Um, therefore, we would say it's impossible for a woman who's a mother-in-law to, ref- to refuse her husband, to be young enough to refuse her husband for any woman who bore a child has to have already been above that age. So the, this is question. Aeneas, this is really so. Tani Rabbi Rabbi Bar Shmuel Rabbi Bar Shmuel taught a Baraisa that teaches us. We can't say about one's mother-in-law, mother's mother, or mother-in-law's mother, father-in-law's mother. That they were either an alienist or that they did a refusal. Check for that they must have given birth, like we said before. So since they were saying that they already gave, given birth, it must mean that they they're they're over the age. So therefore. Um, so therefore, we can see this might suggest that someone below the age can give birth to a child. So therefore, maybe we're maybe that's maybe we're not looking at this the right way. So the Gemara says, "Oh, the Shema, the maybe is double. Shema, Shema, maybe she'll become pregnant, and then maybe she'll die. Meaning that there's certain situations where someone, even an 11 year old, can survive the pregnancy. Um, so the Gemara brings a different problem. The Elokashahach. But nevertheless, that brisa is a problem. Um, so why should those, if why should those who gave birth, you know, basically said because they gave birth, they 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 can no longer refuse refuse their husband. They can no longer be meon. Um, why should those who gave birth be unable to refuse their husbands if they're still below the certain age? If they're still eleven and they're still able to do meon, even though they gave a child, maybe they should have a child. Maybe they should still be allowed to do meon. So the answer is Amr of Safra. That the fact that they had children is more of a proof of their age, that they're no longer a minor than the actual simanim of, of being an adult. So typically, to be, in a, to be considered an adult, you have to either be a certain age and have certain physical signs of maturity. The fact that they gave birth is much more, much more of a sign than either of those things. Um, and some will say that children are more more significant signs of being of the age of maturity than anything else. Normally, you look for certain physical signs. Um, so, what real difference does this make if we're saying that having a baby is the same as having the signs that seem on in physical maturity? That according to Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, until 
until she grows a significant amount of hair. Um, that, that, that about a girl who reaches um, adulthood. Uh, so she, he says, said, until a, a significant amount of hair is grown, um, that's when her maturity becomes obvious. Um, that, that she, in other words, has enough physical signs developed that it's obvious that she's over the age. However, but someone who has given, has had given birth, um, it's obvious that they reach the level of maturity, even if you don't, if they don't have the um, prevailing amount of, of physical maturity to demonstrate that they're mature. Another explanation, turning to Dafid Gimel, um, Rabzid says, that you can't give birth to children without having had a certain amount of simanim. That perhaps by virtue of having that amount of simanim, um, she must have, but by, by virtue of her, her giving birth, she must have had some of those signs. So maybe, although people didn't, it wasn't known to people, the fact that she gave birth means that she must have had the signs. Nivdak, maybe she should be examined, physically examined, to see if she has the signs. Why should we assume that she developed the signs? Ashina and Shemanishar, maybe we're concerned that maybe she had she had hair and it fell out. So Hanichalaman, Amr and this fits according to the people that say we worry about this type of thing. We worry, there's a Gemara Anita, note 4 says, we worry about that um, once a girl reaches a certain age, um, there may be an issue with her signs and that might affect her ability to do Mian. But the one who says, you don't worry about that, my um, what is there to say? answers, even according to those who say we don't worry ourselves with the possibility that the hairs are no longer there, or any of those signs are there. Because we, we assume that because of the birth that's happened as a result of the um, pains of labor, so we don't worry about that. We say that whenever a girl is given birth, we assume that she must have grown hair prior to this, and there's no reason to really evaluate the situation. That even if, for whatever reason, she doesn't have the hair, you assume that it, it just happened because it was a incident of the of going through the pains of labor. So this will stop. Hope everyone has a wonderful day and see you all soon.